Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Hey, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. My name is Matt Warren, editor-in-chief of buffalorumblings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Before we get started with this week's questions, I want to make sure I remind you how you can leave yours for next week and any other weeks after that. You can give us a phone call at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us your questions at Rumblings Q&A on Twitter, and that's with the word and spelled out in the middle of it. You can send us an email at buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Leave comments in the show notes at buffalorumblings.com when our article posts each Wednesday. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Um, as we exit free agency and get to the 2019 NFL Draft, we'll be shifting our focus just a little bit, just like the Bills, to the college prospects that are going to go at the top of the draft and throughout the draft and what position groups the Bills need to address with younger players and all that other stuff going forward. So uh, we look forward to taking your questions on all things Bills going forward. So please give us a phone call, 716-508-0405, or leave us a message any of the other ways we talked about. This week's question I'm getting a lot has to do with the Buffalo Bills and their salary cap situation. Uh, Between the last podcast we recorded and this podcast, all the contract numbers have come out for every Bills signing except for Ladrian Waddle who was signed over the weekend, and we didn't talk about him last week, but he's going to be a depth player. Uh, At best, he's going to be the Bills' swing tackle, and we don't know his contract numbers yet as of the recording of this podcast, so we're just going to kind of ignore him for right now. But according to SpotTrack and the latest data from the NFL and NFLPA, the Buffalo Bills have $33 million in cap space. About $4 million or $4.5 million is going to have to come off for the 2019 NFL draft picks. So the Bills still have about 29, 28, somewhere in the neighborhood million dollars left to sign free agents uh, this offseason if they so choose. There's guys still out there that could command some of that money, like Ziggy Ansah from the Detroit Lions, who the Bills had in for a visit on Thursday. But it's been almost a week since they had him in as of the recording of this podcast. And it doesn't look like anything is imminent with him. He visited the Saints too, and they didn't sign him. So maybe he's playing a waiting game to see if a starter gets injured, or maybe he's just waiting for some medical tests to come back or something like that. But the Bills are more than likely just going to be kind of sitting on a big chunk of this cap space. And that's okay because they can roll it forward to 2020. They can roll it forward and eventually use it to sign some of their up and coming young stars to big contracts in the future and things like that. So it's the big answer is the same as it's been for the last several days since the first big wave of free agency signing. The Bills are able to sign pretty much whoever they want right now. They have the cap space to make any big trades that they want to to sign guys to contracts. Uh, let's go through the contracts just a little bit and, and speak in kind of general terms about the players the Bills signed. As Brandon Bean said at least a couple times uh, in individual interviews right after 
his press conference on Thursday. Uh, the Bills and every other team has to overspend just a little bit in free agency. Uh, it's what sets the market for you know uh, players around the league and. So when you look at Mitch Morris getting, you know, the second highest cap hit on the team, that's okay um, because they're going to be counting on him a lot. He's going to make eleven million dollars. Well, sorry, his cap hit's going to be eleven million dollars in twenty nineteen, and that's a big chunk of change uh, for him. But he's also going to be the leader of the offensive line and help Josh Allen with his transition to year two. Uh, if you look a little bit further down the list, Cole Beasley. And John Brown are making right around $7 million in cap hit in 2019. And that's pretty high based on you know their traditional production. But again, you're upgrading. You're signing guys away from their former teams. And so you're going to need to overpay just a little bit in the first wave of free agency for guys that you know could do a very specific job for Brown. It's taking the top off the defense and using a speed. And for Beasley, it's uh, providing separation underneath. So again, around $7 million a piece, not that big of a deal. If the bills move on from them at the end of the season, they'll have $3 million or so in dead cap money going into 2020. So they'll have paid them something like $10 million each for the season. And that's if they move on after one year, but it's a deal they can get out of fairly easily, just like the Tyler Croft deal, the tight end that the Bills signed last year. So it's not like they'd be handicapped and have to keep them on the roster going forward and uh, made like some huge, humongous error in signing them. Ty Inseki make uh, has a cap hit of $4.3 million, but if he starts a bunch of games, that cap hit's going to go up by up to $1.5 million based on playing time incentives. That's a good deal for a guy that you know maybe can come in and be your stud swing tackle if the Bills draft a guy, say, at the top of the uh, NFL draft in, say, the first round or second round. But he can also... If he does play as your starting right or left tackle, he can get paid like one. And so that's a good deal for him and for the Bills because of the incentives built into it. Spencer Long's going to make $4 million or right around there. Uh, again, they, they're probably counting on him to take one of those starting guard roles. They haven't really signed anybody else that's got as much experience as he has. And, uh, you know, while they might draft a guard, they might not want to put him in right away uh, because of, you know, Josh Allen and um, just kind of his inexperience. So having a guy, a veteran like Spencer Long or, or John Feliciano that could start if you need him to, but also could just be a, you know, a good backup uh, would, would is nice. And, and they have both of those guys under contract at right around $3.7 million on the cap each. Kevin Johnson, the cornerback is another guy. I'm excited about them signing his cap. It is under $3 million based on his, extensive injury history from 2018. It's a one-year prove-it deal, and uh, Johnson's going to be on a, a great contract. Same with Frank Gore, $2 million cap hit in 2019. So very good contracts for those two guys uh, from the Bills' perspective. And as I alluded to a little bit earlier, the Bills aren't really committed past 2019 with anybody except for Morse. They could cut ties with any of the guys that we mentioned so far and still be okay going forward. Even you know, the the higher price guys like you know we thought Spencer Long might be or Ty Seki might be, they they aren't married to any of these guys past day five of the 2020 off season. So they could move on from them fairly quickly if they needed to to save cap space to sign a big pass rusher or go from there. And if they're rolling over thirty million dollars or twenty five million dollars or whatever it happens to be, they're going to be in a great cap position in twenty. 
2020 as well, just like they were in 2019, where they were able to fill so many holes in the first few days of free agency. So the Bills are in a really strong cap position going into the rest of the 2019 offseason, and it looks like they'll be able to do that going forward as well. This is Casey from Ohio. I have a question about the offensive line. With uh, Ty and Saki supposedly being better on the left side than the right, according to some reports, and Dawkins not being, being not being totally committal to Dawkins being on the left side, being the left tackle for the future. I was wondering how you saw this whole offensive line position group playing out, being supposedly prioritized having positional versatility with all his signings. So it leaves the door open in the draft, and I'm just not sure, other than Morse being at center, where everybody's going to end up playing. Thanks. Hi, Casey. Thanks for calling in from Ohio. As you alluded to, the Bills signed five new offensive linemen, enough to make a complete set, two tackles, two guards, and a center in free agency going back to the Spencer Long signing in February. So, yeah, it's a little bit difficult to say who's going to be playing where. We've got a depth chart article and – a couple pieces about the offensive line dropping on Buffalo rumblings over the next few days to try and answer these questions. But on the podcast, I'll, I'll let you in on a little uh, bit of that information before it comes out. And, and yeah, Brandon B did talk a lot about positional versatility when signing guys, Ty and Secchi played left tackle, right tackle, and some guard over the course of his NFL career. Deion Dawkins was projected as a right tackle or a guard when he came out in the NFL draft. Uh, Spencer Long has played guard and and center. Um, John Feliciano's played mostly guard. Uh, Waddle, uh, Adrian Waddle, the Adrian Waddle has played uh, both tackle positions. Um, and of course, Mitch Morse played tackle in college and uh, was moved to center while he was still there and hasn't played it in the NFL, but still has played that position before. And then you look further down the roster at guys like Ike Bucker and Jeremiah Searles, who have all played multiple positions in the NFL. So it's obviously something that they are trying to go for, but it does muck up the waters just a little bit for us trying to predict it going forward. Now he did tell the Bills Beat podcast with Joe Biscalia and Matthew Fairburn after his press conference on Thursday that if they walked out onto the field today, Deion Dawkins would be his starter at left tackle, uh, which would probably tell you that Ty Nsecki is going to be the right tackle right now. Uh, on the inside, Mitch Morris is you know, written in permanent marker as the center. So around him is probably the biggest question marks. Um, right now, we have Wyatt Teller at left guard and Spencer Long at right guard just because that's kind of where they finished the season out. But Vlad Dacost started games at guard for them last year. Um, John Feliciano has you know, started games in the NFL, uh, more games certainly than Teller. So he's certainly a candidate to be out there at left guard. So it's really up in the air, as you said. Um, until somebody takes the job from Teller, we're going to just keep him penciled in there. Uh, but they very well could have John Feliciano ahead of him at left guard. Um, or Spencer Long even, at left guard. But um, they said they wanted guys with an edge, and 
and Feliciano and Wyatt Teller both fit that mold. So it's, it's kind of hard to, to try and figure out where they're leaning with those two guys. So, you know, right now we're just going to keep Teller there because he was there at the end of the season. He's been here for a whole year, but you got to remember John Feliciano worked with Bobby Johnson, the Bill's new offensive line coach in Oakland. So it, if it comes down to that, then it, maybe you give the nod to Feliciano, even though Teller was here last year. So really up in the air right now. And uh, it's going to be fun looking forward. I also don't think that it takes um, an offensive lineman off the board for the bills at all in the draft. They can draft, you know, a stud left tackle at pick number nine, move Dawkins to left guard, have Feliciano be, you know, one of the guard backups, uh, why Teller be a guard backup and have Spencer long at, at right guard and, um, Ty Inseki over at right tackle and have a really stout offensive line just a few months after having a super porous Swiss cheese offensive line. So they could really remake that position this offseason. They already have really remade that position this offseason, but I don't think that what they've done so far this year is going to rule out them adding a guard or a tackle in the 2019 NFL draft. So it still could change even more. It'll definitely be interesting to see as we get into mini camp and eventually training camp how those battles shake out, especially when they're not even wearing pads until training camp. So we might not know for a pretty long while who's in the lead with these positions and uh, who's going to eventually start the year at, say, left guard and right guard, and even, of course, the tackles. So a lot of uh, non-clarity. Sorry, you asked for clarity, but I can't really give you a ton. Thanks for calling in from Ohio. You can all call us at 716-508-0405. We'll be right back after this break. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Our Twitter question of the week comes in to at Rumblings Q&A from Jeremy, who asks, it seems like Robert Foster and, J- and Zay Jones are getting squeezed out. What the heck? I don't think that Zay Jones is necessarily getting squeezed out. The Bills added John Brown and Cole Beasley, and Brown is a speed guy while Beasley's an underneath guy. And Zay Jones is kind of the guy that can do a couple different things. He can try to get separation underneath or or um, run some of the big boy routes uh, by himself on the outside, opposite of Brown. But Jones wasn't getting separation last year. Uh, he did have a good end to his season the last four weeks of the year. But if you know something doesn't click with that guy going into year three, 
I don't know if he's going to be on the roster for much longer, or maybe he won't be counted on much longer is probably the better way to say it. Um, it's really a make or break off season for Zay Jones, especially with Josh Allen entering the second year of, uh, of his NFL career at quarterback. Foster is a, a case that I've been trying to make for a while. Foster is a very good complementary piece. I don't know if he's number one wide receiver material. You know, last season was the best season of his his career. Um, and I don't just mean in the NFL because it was the only season of his NFL career. But, I mean, it, he had more catches than he had his entire career at Alabama. He was an undrafted wide receiver just a year ago. Obviously, there's problems with his game. There's holes in his game. and And we saw some of that with the motivation factor at the beginning of the 2018 season where he just wasn't motivated. And there's stories of him walking away from you know, extra reps after practice or thinking he didn't need to do this, that, or the other thing to make it in the NFL. But he found out the hard way that he did have to do that. So maybe adding some of those other guys will make him work harder this off season and he'll put in more and more work and really carve out a nice little role for himself on the roster. I think he's an ideal number four receiver. Um, the Bills went empty sets a few times as the season wore on. They're going to need four or five receivers that can play snaps. And I think Foster's going to be one of those guys. Whether it's as a compliment to um, John Brown and just put him on opposite sides of the field, have him run streaks, and whichever way the safety shades throw it the other way, that'd be cool. Um, or you can have him give John Brown a break, or maybe John Brown gets hurt or something like that. So I think he's going to have a role on this team, and I know he performed well in his limited time in 2018, but as coaches, defensive coaches break down the film on him, they'll have a better understanding of what he can do, and you know, even though he does have a good relationship with Josh Allen, he'll be able. Uh, folks are going to be able to shut him down a little bit more, so having as many wide receivers going into the 2019 season as you can is not going to be a bad thing. So I don't think Jones and Foster are being squeezed out. I think they're adding talent around them, and it's going to help all of them be successful. All five of the guys that we talked about or four of the guys that we talked about are going to have a chance to be successful in uh, Brian Dable's passing offense with Josh Allen going into the second year of his young NFL career. Jeremy reached out to us on Twitter at Rumblings Q&A. Hey, how's it going? This is Mike. I am from a small town just outside of Syracuse, New York. Uh, a two-part question. First is, with all the free agent signings that they've made over the last couple of days, is it just a coincidence that they plugged every single, almost every single, excuse me, uh, every single need that they had that the fans thought that they needed? Or was their need just that blink? Uh, my second is how do the free agent signings affect their uh, draft strategy? Uh, I just listened to your last episode and you talked a little bit about it. Do they draft? Um, solely for depth or best available or what do you think their uh, their options should be there? Uh, thank you very much. I love the podcast and go Bills. Hi, Mike. Thanks for calling in from Syracuse. Uh, I'll tackle the first part of your question first, which is about 
the needs that the Bills had. Um, I think it was pretty obvious to most people that the Bills needed offensive line help above all else. And of course, they spent, you know, five of their free agent signings uh, were offensive linemen. They desperately needed wide receiver help. And so two of their uh, signings were off or were for uh, wide receivers. And of course, they only had one tight end on the roster going into free agency. So they signed a tight end. I think all of those were pretty obvious. Cornerback is the one that a lot of people weren't thinking was so obvious because they looked and they saw Trey White and they looked and they saw Levi Wallace doing a good job in 2018. We're like, oh, we're okay there. But that was uh, definitely a sneaky under the radar signing that the Bills needed to pull off. Same thing if you look at kick returner with Andre Roberts and even uh, the running back with Frank Gore. Now we thought they were going to draft a guy to come in and revitalize the running back room. But, you know, having a guy like Frank Gore in the locker room, is just going to be so great for them after losing uh, Kyle Williams and Eric Wood in back-to-back seasons. Having that really veteran pros pro in the locker room is really going to help them, especially on the offense, a guy that, um, that Josh Allen can lean on. You know, Mitch Morris is another guy that Josh Allen can lean on to kind of take over that leadership mantle. So I, I think that, None of the, the signings were surprises in terms of, you know, who they signed or the, the position groups that they signed, I guess, is the right way to say it. So, yeah, they were that obvious. And um, the Bills aren't done. They're going to need another defensive tackle and another defense end probably going forward. It's, you know, it's not rocket science that the Bills offense is pretty bad and their pass rush wasn't great in 2019. So, yeah, I do think that they were pretty obvious. The second question is about how the free agent signings affect the Bills' draft strategy. Um, and Brandon Bean did talk about this uh, at length, both uh, in individual interviews and during his press conferences on Thursday. It allows the Bills to go into the 2019 NFL draft and be able to take best player available or be able to trade down a little bit and build assets for the future or get another shot at taking you know, another high-quality player in 2019. And if you look at the places where they need guys, it's it's no surprise where there's a lot of depth in the draft. Okay, so look at tight end, huge, really deep class for tight ends in the 2019 NFL draft. Defensive tackle, defensive end, really deep position groups in the 2019 NFL draft. So don't go out and break the bank signing a top level tight end or a top level pass rusher or a top level defensive tackle. Take a look at the guys that are available in the draft. So you have a pick, I think three picks in the top 74 or seven picks, you can address all three of those spots with premium uh, picks. And if they trade down later into the first round and pick up another second round pick or something like that, maybe they can address even spots. So they've got multiple bites at the apple with good picks that they can address the three position groups that we really think they need to. And of course, address depth throughout the roster because they've set themselves up with this free agency. If they don't go out and sign 11 free agents, um, you know, guys that can start on the offensive line, then they're kind of pigeonholed with that, you know, number nine overall pick. And, and that's why DK Metcalf was being mocked to them so much before free agency is that they had this huge hole at wide receiver. Well, then they go out and sign two guys with starting experience plus Andre Roberts, who's going to be a depth option for them. You know, they they can have to go into the draft being like, we need to get a wide receiver. They can they can actually just spend the time getting guys that are going to fit or guys that they want to chance on or things like that. So it's really going to help their draft strategy. Uh, Brandon Bean sounded excited when he talked about it uh, last week, and it's 
it's just really going to be an exciting time to be a draft Nick because now it kind of just opens up possibilities for them, not just in the first round, but really all the way down through all 10 of their picks. Thanks for your kind words about the podcast. Mike called in to our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. And if you want your question answered, you can call and leave a voicemail there 24 hours a day, seven days a week too. Uh, it goes right to voicemail. Nobody's going to answer the phone and and and, peck, and pester you or anything like that. So give us a call and we'll uh, answer your question next week. Before we get to our last question today, during our podcast, I wanted to direct you to our uh, rumors and free agency tracker that is on the homepage of buffalorumblings.com. It's um, it's a really comprehensive document. It's got the all the guys that the Bills have rumored interest in, uh, when they were rumored to have that interest, when they agreed to the contract, the contract breakdown with all the numbers, film breakdowns, and if uh, the player has an injury history, there's an injury analysis piece on there from banged up Bills. So each one of the guys that the Bills assigned, we have one of each of those contracts for, or not contracts, but links to articles for that. We've got guys that were rumored to be interested in, but haven't signed. Uh, we've got guys they were rumored interested in, but went elsewhere and signed somewhere else. We've got all the stuff on the Antonio Brown trade, if you want to go back and rehash that. And of course, all the Bills free agents, whether it's guys that re-signed in Buffalo, or it's guys that have gone on to other teams like John Miller um, or, or or guys like that, um, including the, our restricted free agents and, and stuff like that. So go and take a look at that. It's a great resource. There's lots of information on that page and linked to the page that you can go check out, and that's at buffalorumblings.com. You can just search for the uh, free agency rumor tracker or uh, go right to the Buffalo Rumblings homepage and see that. Our final Question of the day comes from Twitter from at Mott Sauce, who asks, with the weapons the Bills added on offense so far in free agency, does this become a make-or-break season for Josh Allen, or does he get a third season regardless? He's going to get a third season regardless. The Bills are on a cheap rookie contract with a guy they traded up to get. In fact, they traded Tyrod Taylor, Cordy Glenn, and a bunch of picks to get Josh Allen. So, yeah, he's going to get a third year, especially if you know some of the pieces don't really gel whether it's on the offensive line uh, tight end wide receiver things like that I, I mean i suppose i could see a, a spot where he kind of blows up to the point where buffalo brings in not a replacement but competition they keep talking about building competition all along the roster but they're going to keep developing josh allen uh, into his third nfl season after that uh that's kind of when you start looking at you know whether you made a mistake or not, but you got to give him three years, um, three years with Brian Dable, well, two years at least with Brian Dable. Uh, you know, being able to learn and grow with his wide receivers, being able to learn and grow with you know running backs and, and new coaches and all this other stuff. So uh, it, I just don't see a way where he's not going to get a third year where he's at least goes into training camp of the preseason as the number one guy. It just it seems far-fetched that he wouldn't at least be, you know, QB one going into the preseason in 2020. So thanks for your question at Mott sauce. He tweeted us at rumblings Q and on Twitter.
that brings us to the end of this week's episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Please download, subscribe, like our podcast feed, whatever you can do. Leave a comment on iTunes, help other people find us, uh, retweet our podcast, whatever you can do to help other people listen to us. The more people that listen to us, the better questions we get. The better questions we get, the better of a Bills fan you become because you listen to our answers and get all that stuff. Uh, If you subscribe, you get access to the Circling the Wagons podcast. You get access to the Blitz Bills podcast. There's just a lot of information in those two other podcasts. As always, you can call and leave voicemails for us at 716-508-0405. You can tweet at us at Rumblings Q&A on Twitter. Emails to buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Leave comments in our comments section with questions, and we'll get to those. Thanks for listening. My name's Matt Warren. Go Bills. Thank you.